You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. What a blessing. All right. Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, please turn to the book of First Samuel. First Samuel this morning. Chapter number 1, 1 Samuel 1, and yeah, am I not on again? What? Oh yeah, uh, junior church, all right? So uh, any kids that want to come to junior church, we're saying uh, uh, like 8 and under uh, range, so if you've got somebody 8 and under that wants to go to junior church, uh, you can send them on back to that. All right, thank you. Uh, we got to just get the system adjusted, and you got to get the preacher adjusted. Believe me, it's a lot harder to get the preacher adjusted to uh, some of these uh, changes as well. But First uh, Samuel chapter number one. I appreciate that song. I actually, uh, uh, I'm friends with the fellow that wrote that song, um, uh, brother. Uh, <laughs> Lee Davis, Jonathan Davis wrote it. Brother Lee Davis, his dad is a pastor and a, just a, a great family. I've known him since he was just a little guy. Uh, but I appreciate that song. And, you know, there's sometimes decisions that we make as Christian parents. And throughout the years, we've made decisions as Christian parents. And, and by the way, when we first got married, and even before we were married, there were some things that we determined we were going to do as, as a mom and dad and some things that would be uh, present in our home and some things that would be absent in our home. Uh, and we predetermined some, some places that we were all for our kids going and some places that they weren't going to go, all right? And some of these things. And, and I can remember early on, I haven't had this question in a while. That song says, Sheltered by His Grace. But I, I remember having the question from time to time, well, aren't you, aren't you afraid your kids are going to miss out on something? And I say, yeah, that's why we do it. That's why we do it. Because there's some things that they need to miss out on. There's some things that I didn't miss out on that I want them to miss out on. Amen. And, uh, and there's, some, there's some other things that uh, obviously we want them to be, be involved in. But there's some things that it's okay for some kids to miss out on. Amen. And uh, so, uh, so I really like that. All right. Uh, so once again, happy Mother's Day to everybody. We're going to see a great example in God's Word of a godly woman. In the Bible, a godly mother by the name of Hannah here in the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, folks, uh, I, I, I mentioned you heard what I had to say earlier today about uh, just the miracle of, uh, of mothers in general. But I want to say women in general. And for anyone that would dare teach that God's word minimizes women uh, or is somehow denigrates women, uh, that's a person that doesn't know the Bible. Amen. You can mark it down. Well, just like so, so oftentimes you run into people that are just ignorant. And they'll make some blaring statement like that. And then I'll just, a lot of times I'll ask them, Where did, who did you hear that from? Because you did not go into God's Word and study it. You may have had somebody take a verse or two and, and, uh, and take it out of context or whatever. Uh, but you are not, because uh, that, that's not true. God elevates uh, women throughout the Old Testament and especially in the New Testament. Hannah's one of these great and godly examples in the Word of God. And I want to try to really encourage uh, mothers today. I want to honor all the mothers uh, and all the women in general. And I want to say this for those that don't, don't have children that aren't uh, mothers. 
for, for whatever reason, uh, this is not to forget about you today, but it's just to take a moment and try to encourage some others. And by the way, if you've already, uh, maybe you've, you're, you're past the point of even having children, or maybe your children are all grown up, a lot of this message will be focusing more on those that may be mothers-to-be or maybe still have children at home. But at the same time, these, the, the message, the principles I want to give you out of God's Word can apply to every one of our lives. Men, women, boys and girls, every one of us, the principles that I want to give you apply, but I want to really have a special emphasis on mothers this morning. So if you would, turn to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 1, and I want to begin reading in verse number 10. The Bible says, And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. Just like your ears right now. <laughs> the toughest thing for a sound guy is to keep his hands off the board. Amen. Just, um, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me. <laughs> oh, is he leaving? All right. Now remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Now, we get an example here of a godly mother, and we'll explain what some of these words and verses mean right here in just a moment. But, you know, I think we fail sometimes to realize, even though that we have a day that honors mothers, it's a whole lot like celebrating Easter in a way. I think we err if we only celebrate Easter on Easter. If we only celebrate the resurrection on Easter, you're really missing something. And if we only honor mothers on Mother's Day, we're really missing something. Mothers are perhaps the most powerful and influential force on the face of the earth. You know, there's the old saying that says that that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And there's a lot of influence that a mother yields. And motherhood is the anchor of the home. And folks, we live in a time today to where motherhood is often denigrated, looked down upon. And there's those that say they're fighting for women while at the same time uh, putting women down. And I don't understand all of those things. I understand the source of much of it. But I believe that there is a war against motherhood. But I want to thank God for mothers. Uh, I I sometimes say jokingly, where would we be without mothers? Uh, But that answer is pretty obvious, isn't it? We would not be here at all. But mothers have a great deal of influence. And I'll say this, that throughout history, it's really important and interesting, I should say, at the very least, when you study some of history's most uh, famous and influential people, it's interesting to see the influence that their mothers had upon them, the quotes that they have about their godly mother and their influence over their mother and their lives. On the same token, there's some more of the infamous people in the world that we would, you would know their names if I was to call them. And in many cases, you'll find out that there was an abusive mother or a distant mother or something to that effect. Uh, motherhood makes a difference. Uh, but I think that we can, and I want to encourage mothers here to make a difference for good. So there's five principles I want to give you quickly this morning to help you be, as a mom, a magnificent mother. A mother that brings glory to God and and and, and blessings to her children. And again, these principles can apply to each of us. But the very first thing we see here is the magnificence of priority. The magnificence of priority. 
Hannah in this text, what you'll find out is that she was barren. She was not able to have a son. She was not able to uh, get pregnant. And she desired to get pregnant. She wanted to have a child. She wanted to be able to give birth. But she wasn't able to. So she began to ask the Lord for a child. Lord, let me conceive. And she, she prayed specifically, which is something else we need to do. She said, Lord, don't just give me a child. I want you to give me a son. Because I want, I want you to give me a son that I can in turn give back to serve you. And worship you. I want to put him back in your hands so that he can be an influence on this world. She had a priority. She had a priority. Folks, I want to tell you something today. Children are a blessing from the Lord. Children are a blessing from the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 127 verse 3, I can never read this verse without remembering coming home from work one day after just being married for a few months. And Melanie having a, um, a pregnancy test in a little box. And I opened it up and the pregnancy test was in there that read positive. And in there was a piece of paper with this verse on it. And it says this, Lo, lo children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is His reward. And of course, she was then pregnant with Hannah that's getting married in three weeks, which just blows my mind. But children are a blessing. They're not a burden. They're a blessing. Uh, amen. And, uh, and, and that reminds me, years ago, a missionary was down preaching in Africa. And he said, uh, the, you know, people would walk for miles to come to these church services and evangelistic services they were having. And there was this little girl. I mean, she was just a small thing herself. But her little toddler brother was a, a, a bigger kid. But he got tired of walking. So that little girl would tote that little brother up on his hip. And the preacher saw and he said, my, he said, that's quite a burden you're carrying there. And she just looked at him with a real confused look. She says, this isn't a burden. It's my brother. <laughs> right? I mean, listen, so children aren't a burden. I mean, not that they can't be burdensome. Don't get me wrong. But they're a blessing. Children are a blessing. Notice this. They're an heritage of the Lord. They're a reward from God. Thank God for children. Uh, I mean, we live in a time to where that's not always the case. People seem to look at that differently. I like what the Bible says in Psalm 128, verses 3 and 4. The Bible, the, the Bible says, he's talking to the husband here, but he says, Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Listen to this. Thy children like, an, like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. He says, I'm going to bless you. And we understand this, and I want to say it right away. We understand that not, not everybody, God doesn't necessarily bless everyone with children. And God oftentimes has different purposes and plans in people's life. And I don't want to be, uh, you know, forget to mention that. But what I want to say is that children are a blessing. Amen. I mean, uh, shame on you, especially if you are a child of God, especially if you are, are saved by God's grace. Shame on you if you look down upon people having children. I mean, you know, I, we, we used to get the questions. Yes, we know what's causing it. Okay? Uh, Amen. And that's just fine, alright? We, yes, we know what's causing it. We have children. We are blessed. We are blessed of the Lord. Uh, I mean, 
And so children on a burden, they are a blessing. And I'll say this too, it's nobody else's business. Uh, whether we have one, two, three, four, or how many ever kids that we want to have. Amen? It doesn't matter if we decided to have so many that we had to get a 15-passenger van to haul them all around. Guess what? We'd have a van full of blessings. Amen? And we're working on that, but so far we've just got four. But And so we can fit them in pretty good, but... All right. The principle of priority. It is a blessing to have children. What are y'all laughing at? Okay. It's a blessing, amen. Listen to this. Children do not make rich people poor. They make poor people rich. They make poor people rich. I'm telling you, we didn't have a lot. And listen, we made the decision early on when we got married... um, God allowed us to do it. It wasn't always easy. Uh, and I had to work a little bit extra and uh, had to... Uh, it was some tough times, but we made the decision. You know what? I'm going to try to work and I'm going to try to keep us up. You know what? You stay home with Hannah and Caitlin and so forth and Evan and Natalie. And you know what? That was, all, that was hard and we didn't get rich doing that. But i tell you something. We got rich in a different way. Amen? The fact that we had these four beautiful children. So the priority. This magnificent priority. It's a blessing to have children. Uh, and don't let anybody tell you differently. Now, I want to tell you this too while I'm here before I move on to say that God has given us a book to help, uh, help us to train them. You know the Bible says? The Bible gives us instructions on how to train up our children, teach our children in such a way to where they will indeed be a blessing. If we just have children and they just run around like a pack of wolves, that's when they may not feel like such of a blessing. Amen? But, but because the Bible, said, the Bible though says that if we will teach our children right, for one thing, the Bible says it will give the mom rest. The mom rest. I mean, God gives us not only the, the thing that it's a blessing to have children, but it gives us instructions on how we can bring those children up in such a way to where they have some character and where they have some respect and where they learn to listen uh, and they learn to obey and they learn to honor. God, God's Word teaches us all those things. Um, and so the magnificent priority, but then not only that, but the magnificent prayer, the principle of priority and the principle of prayer. Uh, in verse 10, she prays. She's in bitterness of soul, and the Bible says, and she prayed unto the Lord. She prayed. She prayed for her children. There's many women that we could look at this morning who prayed for God to give them children. You know what? You can pray for your children before they're ever born. You can pray for your grandchildren before they're born. There's example after example in God's Word of women who prayed before their children before, before they were even pregnant. Rachel, Ruth, Elizabeth. Right on down the line. These women that prayed and looked to God and God answered their, pray- answered their prayers. But we see the magnificent prayer here. And what, what was her prayer? Her prayer was this. Notice again, uh, the Bible says in verse 11, uh, she says, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou would indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. She prayed. But not only did she pray, and by the way, again, not only did she want to have children, but you know what a tragedy that we live in today of unwanted children. 
Unwanted children, unloved children. I mean, think about this. The book, when I told you to turn to 1 Samuel, many of you know this, but some of you may not be aware that the book of 1 Samuel is named for the son that Hannah prayed for. Because God did answer her prayer. Spoiler alert if you didn't know the story. Amen. But God does answer her prayer. God does give her a son. And He becomes a mighty man of God. He changes the world. In fact, God is still using him to change the world today. Why? Because of what God recorded about this man. I mean, listen, so there was a prayer here. And so where would the world be without Samuel? Where would the world be without uh, Isaac and Joseph, John the Baptist, these other men that were prayed for by their mothers? God, give us a child. So we need to learn to pray. But notice also the magnificence of purpose. Your prayer and your priorities determine your purpose. She said, Lord, give me a son. Why? Because I've got, because you have a purpose and I've got a purpose in mind for this son. She said, and, and, and we read that and it sounds funny. By the way, I've got to tell this story just because it comes to mind. The Bible says that no razor came upon his head. I've got to pick on Dan. He told me this. I just wished he would have come to church like he was. He said he was shaving his head this morning and he got her cut right this side right down the middle when his, when his uh, uh, trimmers broke. I'm like, man, I wish you would have come in like that. Uh, you know, so you could have started a trend, but he got them fixed and got the rest done. But what's the whole deal with the razor not coming on his head? Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that this morning, but there was a, it sounds like an unusual vow to us, but there was a vow that would be made to where the, the parents would say, we want our kid to be a Nazarite. Don't get that confused with somebody from Nazareth, which is a Nazarene, but a Nazarite. We want this person... We want this child, uh, one, of, one of the more famous uh, Nazarites in the Bible was Samson. He was a Nazarite. You remember the story about his hair and all that stuff? Uh, well, he was a Nazarite. So she said, we're not going to shave his head. And one of the things they do is they'd literally let their hair grow. And uh, we have some people going for that here. Just seeing if they can get that strength of Samson, you know. But, uh, but, but let their, there's no razor ever going to come upon his head. And now when we talk about this purpose, here's, here's the point that she was basically saying. Lord, I want this son to be a holy son. I want this child to be a child that's set apart for you. I want this child to be a child with purpose. You know what she wanted for her son? She wanted her son to serve God. And there's nothing greater that we can hope for our children than that they serve the Lord, that they honor the Lord. And whatever they're calling or whatever they do in life, I'll tell you this right now, whatever my kids end up doing, whatever careers or uh, ministries or whatever else they do in their lives, I'll tell you one thing right now. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm no successor. I'm, I don't consider it something too much unless they love the Lord. Amen? Amen. Are they serving the Lord? Are they honoring the Lord with their life? I mean, uh, it's, it's John says it, I believe he says it about converts, but in 3 John verse 4, he says, I have no greater joy than to see that my children walk in truth. That's my desire. I mean, listen, uh, sure, uh, I hope they have other, uh, I hope they're successful in whatever it is that God has for them and whatever it is they pursue, but more than anything, may they walk in truth. Did you know that it's very, very sad that among many Christians today, many people in churches, there's people that will consider it a tragedy 
If their son or daughter were to say, I have surrendered to be a missionary. I have surrendered to be a missionary. Or I have surrendered to preach the gospel. There are some people that say, oh no, but you're so talented. You know, obviously preaching is just for people that can't do anything else. Um, you're so talented. You're so smart. You had such promise. Boy, you talk about messed up. See, but she understood something. She understood because whatever it is. I mean, yeah, I want my kids. But, but if, 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 if I think about Evan playing baseball, being a pitcher, playing basketball. Uh, you know what? Sure, I would be proud and happy if he was a starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves one day. But I'll tell you one thing, I would, not be proud, I, would not, I would not be near as proud as if he was being a starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves and wasn't living for the Lord. Because it wouldn't mean a whole lot a hundred years from now or a million years from now, right? I mean, because the greatest thing I want for him is to walk in truth. And folks, I mean, listen, yes, I want him to be successful, but if he was walking in truth and loving the Lord and standing in the doorway of Walmart telling people, welcome to Walmart, hi, how are you? You know what? If he was walking for the Lord, loving the Lord, I'm telling you, I'd be proud of him. Amen? Because what matters is walking in truth, things that are going to matter in eternity. So she had a magnificent purpose for him. Boy, I tell you, that's a great prayer. That's a great purpose. Man, listen, encourage your kids to serve and honor the Lord with their lives. But not only did she have a great purpose, a great prayer, and a great priority, but she also had, fourthly, she had a magnificent persistence. If you look in verse 12, you'll find out that she began to pray. And as she prayed, she didn't pray out loud, but her lips just moved. She was praying in her heart. And in verse number 15, verse 14, she was accused of being drunk. The priest, he was a, uh, not a very wise priest. He thought she was drunk. But then verse 15 says, And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. I have poured out my soul before the Lord. And she says, Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. And you go on down to verse 20, and you'll find out what she did as she continued to pray. And since she did, notice what the Bible says in verse 19, And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel because and she called him that saying because I have asked him of the Lord. She had persistence. She continued to pray for Samuel. Not only did she pray for him to be born, but folks, she prayed for him after she was after he was born. See, one of the things you understand about Samuel is that he was born in a very difficult time. It was dark days in Israel. You know, there's some people that say that stuff. Oh, you know, oh, I'd hate to bring kids into this world today. You know what? God's sufficient. And man, when you look throughout history, there's been some really dark days. But I tell you, I can't help but wonder this. I cannot help but wonder whether it's through abortion or just through other choices. I can't help but wonder the people that this world has been robbed of that could help shine some light into the darkness. I mean, only eternity will tell the people, the, the lives that have been wiped out. 
Or the, wives, the, the lives that were just never uh, chosen to come about. Why? Because, you know, I tell you, it goes back a little bit to what we're learning in Sunday school. It comes back a little bit to this materialistic uh, philosophy, uh, this selfish philosophy, this thing of, of, of misunderstanding and thinking that today is everything that we have and forgetting that there's something that's going to matter in eternity. There's something that's going to matter years from now. And I'm telling you, a mother's legacy is going to matter years on down the line. So she prayed. Not only did she ask the Lord for him, but she prayed for him after he was born. But notice this, lastly, the magnificence of persuasion. Verse 21, the Bible says, And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned. And then I will bring him that, that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. Persuasion. See, they were going back to worship at the temple and that yearly worship once again. And before they went, Hannah says, I'm not going. She says, I've only got a certain amount of time that I'm going to have Samuel with me. And I'm going to use all this time that I can to try to instill some things into his heart. To try to persuade him into some things that are right. There's a lot of things that can call the mom away from investing into her child's life. But she needs to go say like Hannah, I will not go with thee. I will not go with thee. I've got something more important. And boy, isn't it something our kids need to know? That they are the most important thing, don't they? They need to know that, I mean, uh, they, they need to know that they have our attention. They need to know that there's nothing that we're putting ahead of them. They need to know that they're not getting in the way of our lives. They need to know that they matter. But, and, but, and that's what Hannah said, I'm not going. I'm not going. I've got a limited amount of time and I'm going to spend it here with Samuel. And then in verse 23, her wise husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord established his, establish his word. So the woman abode and gave him suck until, he, until she weaned him. And when she weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks, three bulls, and one ephah of flour, and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent unto the Lord. And notice this last sentence. And he worshipped the Lord there. You know what he, who he is? Samuel. Samuel. See, Hannah saw the importance of persuading Samuel to love the Lord. To persuade him on the, import, on the things that were really important. She took time. She took time to invest into him. She took time to try to teach him. Here's this boy. He's not even very old. And boy, Ezra, uh, it's a good example of that today. Ezra standing up here singing this morning. Listen, he's singing just like Samuel. Samuel came there and worshiped before the Lord. 
One thing we really try to teach our kids on, and by the way, since the back row's there, y'all need to move up, man. That back row wasn't near as far in the other church, but now it seems like you're way back there. Uh, but anyway, I, I try to tell the young people, man, it's not, we, the young people, if you ever hear the statement that says, they're the church of tomorrow after all, that is such a failed statement and a flawed statement. You know why? Because they are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. Yeah. Right now is your time. Yeah. It doesn't matter your age. Right now is your time. Right now is your time to serve. Right now is your time to honor God. Right now is your time to invest in your spiritual life, to grow in the Lord, and to make some decisions that are going to help you stay on the right path and follow the, the right path so you can be blessed and be a blessing throughout your life. But Hannah had this persuasion on him. She treasured every moment that she had with Samuel. There's a great uh, example in the New Testament in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, where the Bible says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and am persuaded in thee also. See, Timothy was a great man of God, but Timothy had a grandmother that when her mom, when his mom was just a baby, that his grandmother began to teach, him, teach her about the Lord, teach her about the greatness of God, teach her about this mighty, loving God who cares and has a purpose. And boy, that got into his mom's heart. And his mom said, you know what? Whenever God gives me a son, whenever God gives me a child, I'm going to tell that child the same way. And here's Timothy, and now he's born. And you know what his mama thought right away? I'm going to teach him about the Lord. And she began to teach him about the Lord. And later he became a great man of God. He became Timothy that was used so mightily. And here's what I would say this morning. Folks, teach your kids about the Lord. I mean, uh, teach them. Teach them not only with... You say, well, I don't know a lot of things. Teach them what you know. And I'll tell you this, learn more. Right? Learn more. I mean, get into the Word. Grow. Be a part of Bible studies. I mean, get, listen to some good podcasts, some good sermons, and grow in the Lord on things that you can invest into your children. Look for ways as you go through life to point them to the Lord, to talk about the greatness of God. Look as you're, you know, out at a, out at a rushing creek, you know, we walk, I still remember with Hannah and Caitlin, and they were just little uh, tiny, and we go out there on a little creek in uh, North Carolina, and we get out there on this big flat rock that's right in the middle of the creek, and I, and I pick up one of these little pebbles that's in the creek, and, and it's real smooth, and it's real, it's a stone that's been wore down real smooth, and I, and I took that, and here we are, we're just in a creek. We're just enjoying the morning. And I say, you know what? Just think about it. There's no telling how big this may have been at some point. But over, I said, this little stone could have been as big as this great big stone that we're sitting upon right now was. But over time, the water has uh, wore it down and the water has made it smooth. And I said, you know, I said, that's a lot like how God does for us. Sometimes we get real big in our pride. And our arrogancy. But God has a way over time through the water of His Word, through the water of the Spirit of God to come across and begin to uh, wash and work the rough edges off of us. And I said, this stone would be a lot, maybe it could be a lot like the one that David used one day. See, David, when he had to fight Goliath, he, you, you would have thought maybe that big old giant he was fighting, maybe it would be nice if he had a big old rock. 
But he just needed some five, and the Bible says that five smooth stones that he picked up. Those were stones that had been worn. Those are stones that had been fitted. Why? For a particular purpose. So that when the time came, David could reach down and grab those stones and use them. And, and, but we just talked about that in the creek. We just talked about that in the side. And yes, uh, we, I, I do a lot of talking like that to the kids, amen? And I don't know how, I think they appreciate it sometimes, but I hope they'll appreciate it one day if they don't now all the time. But it's just taking advantage, looking into nature. Find out, you know, we talked about it in Sunday school, Kurt was teaching. Find out what your kids are learning in school. Follow that stuff. Understand Understand that a long time ago, there were some very socialistic people that became in charge of these textbooks. And there's, there's one thing to learn one side, but learn the other side so you can teach them, hey, don't forget about this other side. Don't forget about the truth as well. And so uh, just remember these things. Take advantage. Invest into your kids. Teach them how wonderful the Lord is. Teach them what it means to walk with the Lord. She made this, she had this persuasion and she persuaded Samuel to walk for the Lord. I want to close by saying this as we all stand this morning. As we all stand, I just want to encourage you in this thought. I've heard mom say this and you know to where Maybe people are talking about what they do or what they've accomplished and there'll be some, some mom there. Well, what do you do? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a mom. I'm just a mom. <laughs> Don't you ever dare say you're just a mom. Never let those words come out of your mouth. You're not just a mom. You're a mom. You're a mother. What higher calling? Cre- you, you, you were created by a wise creator to be able to have a child created inside of you. For that child to grow and for you to give birth and for you to be the one that, I mean, literally is having an influence on the entire world. There is no such thing as just a mother. Mom, I don't know what you could ever do that's greater than what you're doing. Amen? Amen? I don't know what you could do greater than that. You're not just a mother, amen. You're not just a mom. You're a, you are blessed of the Lord, amen. And if we could have pianists come this morning, and uh, I want to say I thank you, mothers, this morning. Thank you. Thank you for being willing. And as we look at these principles, yes, these principles are all, you know, apply to mothers. But we all need to learn something about having a priority. Making a priority about what God says is important. Understanding the principle of prayer. Understanding our purpose. Being persistent, not giving up. And having an influence on others. Amen. That persuasion. Will you, mother... You still have kids at home. Will you, Dad, say, you know what? I am going to. Lord, with your help and grace, I want to raise them right. With your help and grace, I want to lead them in your way. Maybe you don't have a child yet, but maybe you want to go ahead and pray for that child. I don't know what your need is this morning or how you'd like to pray, but this altar is open. And I want to say this this morning. I know that we're preaching on the lines of mothers and motherhood.
But if there's anybody here today that does not know Christ as Savior, I sure do want to invite you to come to the Lord. There may be somebody that hears that and and starts thinking about, man, you know what? I sure would like to start a family someday. Maybe you'd like to pray for that person that you might not even know who you're going to marry yet. But you know what? I'd encourage you to go and start praying about that person. Praying for your children. If you're here and you're not saved, boy, it'd be a great day to get saved. Amen on Mother's Day. To be born again on a day that honors women that have given birth. To be born again. Heavenly Father, I thank you for mothers today. Thank you for mom. I thank you for my mom, Lord. And I know she's there with you today. God, and I pray Miss Kim plays softly this morning. That you'll help us to honor mothers indeed. Lord, I would never want to drudge up the past. I would never want some mother that's maybe children are grown and gone and Mothers carry guilt that they shouldn't carry oftentimes. Lord, that's not the purpose of this, God. It's to try to encourage those that have kids at home. Those that would have kids at home, Lord. Those grandmothers. And it's used to encourage those principles to help make a difference with each of us, Lord. Have your will in your way, God, this morning. In Jesus' name I ask.